Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The Pre-Med Year, session number 492. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. We have another great Q&A episode from an Instagram Live that we have done, that I do on Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern most weeks. If I'm not there, then I'm not gonna be there. Uh, we don't really have a schedule yet, uh, although we're, we're thinking about developing one for Medical School HQ website so that you can kind of see a schedule of events, all of the workshops and webinars and, and lives that we do across all of our different brands and channels. So. This is uh, another Instagram Live Q&A for you. Before we jump in, I want to talk about the MCAT Minutes brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. If you got your score back and you are disappointed and you want to retake, then retake as soon as you feel comfortable in knowing that you can improve your score. I was just reading a post uh, on Facebook. Someone retook a 91st percentile MCAT score, which is like a 515, 516, something like that. They retook it and got a 509. And uh, first of all, I was like, why were you retaking a 91st percentile test? So if you're out there and you're thinking about retaking a 91st percentile, please don't. That's an amazing score that will not close any doors for you. So um, if, if you need to retake that test, make sure that you give yourself time to improve on that score that you don't like in the first place. That is my my key piece of advice for you on our MCAT Minute today, brought to you again by Blueprint MCAT. Go get a free account over at blueprintmcat.com and go check out their study planner tool, which will help you understand all of the material that you're gonna need to know to perform well on the MCAT. All right, let's go and jump into our Q&A session today. What's up, what's up, Instagram Live? Hello, hello, hello. It's Friday. June 20 something. <laughs> What's today? The 24th, I think. Um, I hope you are doing well. <clears throat> it's Friday. It's Instagram Live Day where I come on and we have a chit chat. Hello, everyone joining. Um, if you are new here, how we do Instagram Live is uh, you request to come on with me. I bring you on and we have a little chit chat. A goss, a lot going on today. Good, get at it. 
next Thursday for your date, your MCAT date, I'm assuming. Exciting, exciting. I just got Blueprint to take my MCAT in December. Good luck, good luck, good luck. Ahmed, hello. Roe v. Wade got overturned. Did that finally get uh, pushed out? I didn't see that. <sighs> All right. The fight is on. Um, yeah, let's chat. If you want to come on, ask questions. I don't even have my computer here to, to look. Oh, wait, I have this. Let's see. I have my iPad here. Um, so if you're new here, uh, Friday, Q&A day, come on live. Uh, request to join live, and we will uh, we'll chit-chat. We'll, uh, we'll have some conversations. We'll talk about... Uh, what you need help with. Hello, Rachel, the artsy med. Hello, Ben. All right. I see the headline. Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Not cool. Um, I wore my pre-med shirt yesterday and my mom said, you're no longer a pre-med. Uh, once a pre-med, always a pre-med. All right. Let me... Turn on, hold on. All right, got to turn on focus mode. All right, so let's have some chit chat. Hello, hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Excellent, good to hear that. So I had a question. Yeah. Um, regarding the experiences section. Yeah. Um, I just finished up all my initial paragraphs thanks to your help from some of your YouTube videos on how to go about that. Um, and I was just curious about how to go about the sections where you designate them as your uh, most meaningful ones. Yeah. And should I like start brand new or should I like continue on what I was saying? Mm, yeah. So treat them, they're completely separate essays right so don't don't treat them as one 2000 character essay treat them as your 700 character description and your 1325 character most meaningful essay why was this experience most meaningful to you gotcha all right thank you i appreciate that yeah easy anything else I think that's all. It's going well for me. Thanks to your help. I appreciate it. All right. Get that thing submitted. Will do. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so again, if you want to request to join live, I will bring you on. Hello, Jeff Anderson. Are you a doctor yet, dude? <laughs> Making your way. Making your way. Um. Yeah. Let's keep going. Keep requesting to come live. If nobody requests to join live, then I just, I go and work. <laughs> I go and get stuff done. I go read read the news about what uh, the Supreme Court is doing or not doing. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> hello, hello. Hi, sorry, I'm camera shy. <laughs> <laughs> camera shy. That's okay. Show your hair at least. Let's see your hair. All right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 
so um, am I able to ask you a question about secondaries? Sure. Right. So um, I so I'm in a position where um, I I took the MCAT late. Won't be able to get my score back until um, late June or no late July, early August. Okay. Um, have my primary um, in the process of being verified. Okay. I haven't pre-written anything yet. Won't be able to start until july 1st um but i whoa so 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 let me let me challenge you on that assumption that you won't be able to start until july 1st you're choosing not to start until july 1st right uh yeah just due to circumstances yeah but you're choosing yeah that's your choice yeah. Okay. I, I just want to clarify that because that's can't and choosing to not start are two different things. Okay. <laughs> um, but I was also wondering, um, so on some pre-med forums like um, Shemazian, they said to have your secondaries done by Labor Day, but then my advisor told me to have it done by um, mid-August. Okay. Which do you think is who do you think is right? So there's a two week difference between those two dates, roughly, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that matters? Um I'm not really sure how it works. So I don't have an answer. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it doesn't matter. There, There is no hard and fast rule that says you have to have your secondaries completed by this date or else. Oh, okay. Perfect. They're all suggestions, recommendations. Now, the one, and again, it's a rule of thumb. It's not typically a rule unless the school says it is. Um, don't sit on secondaries. If you get a secondary, try to turn it around within a couple weeks. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. We're going to get like shut off. Got got music playing in the background. The recording industry is going to come after us and give us a, a takedown notice. <laughs> ah, all right. Um, so if you want to request to join live, come hang out. Um, come ask your question. If you are new here, I do not just read questions and answer them like a lot of people do on their lives. I just find that super boring. So... I like talking and listening uh, and not reading and talking. So request to join live with me and I'll bring you on and we'll have a little chit chat. Or not. And uh, I can bid you farewell. So lots of news today. Uh, as you guys are seeing, uh, lots of Michael Olson. Where were you last week? You, you signed up to come have dinner, and then you didn't show up, Michael Olson. Um. So yeah, big news, big news all week with the Supreme Court. Go vote. It's the only thing that you can do to make change in this country. Is go vote. 
All right. Let's bring on some friends. Hello, hello. Hey, I probably look crazy. I'm I'm in the lab right now. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I was just wondering for secondaries. Um, I have like a connection to one school, like someone I know works there, mm-hmm. and I'm not above exploiting. <laughs> I guess is there a way to address that in your secondary? So you have a connection. Yeah. What what kind like of connection? Someone, um, he's the provost. Okay. So I don't know, like, if it's like cool, then like name drop. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. So uh, without being like obviously name dropping, I don't know. Yeah. So so my general um, kind of philosophy on that sort of thing, whether it's name dropping or anything else, is yeah. don't force in your agenda where it's not asked yeah right unless there's a secondary question which i'm pretty sure there there aren't any yeah that says hey now is the time to name drop anyone you have connections with right yeah that's not a secondary potentially there's there's a secondary that's why do you want to come to this school and knowing this person has given you has given you more insight to the school that allows you to speak about why you want to go to that school even more, that potentially is appropriate. But it's not okay. just, hey, I know Johnny, and so you should accept me, right? It's it's yeah. deeper yeah. than that. Um, yeah. The bigger thing is that this person that you know should write you a letter of recommendation. Yeah. Well, but like if – if they're like the provost, I don't know. It's not like I was shadowing him as a doctor because he's not a doctor. Um, so? So can like your friends and your write you a letter of recommendation? <laughs> I mean, technically, yes. Um, yeah. it, it gets a little shady. How, yeah. how do you know this person? Um, it is. It sounds really weird, but I'm really close with my godfather and it's his best friend. Okay. And how long have you known him? Uh, like two years. Okay. So not a lot of time. And how yeah. much time have you spent with this person? Um, Like I've seen him like four times in person. And what what does that mean? Like, oh, I see you like in the we, car over there or you hang no, out like, where significant time for hours and hours and like, hours? We like got dinner, like my godfather and him and stuff. Okay. And he like told me to put him on his application and I just on my application I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. So so that tells me that he shouldn't write you a letter of recommendation cuz he doesn't really know you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's more of an acquaintance that you... I think it would be like a wasted letter of recommendation, I don't know. Well, he doesn't know you enough to write yeah. anything about you like, "Hey, I I had dinner with her." Yeah. So So he was like, "Yeah, put me on my on your application and I just have no idea how to." Yeah. So so what you should do is Again, don't force in anything. If there's somewhere, excuse me, logical that you could do a little name drop, but go beyond the name drop and talk about how knowing this person has helped you understand the school more and blah, blah, blah. If it has, it doesn't sound like maybe it has. Um, if, If that's not the case, then you don't name drop and you just tell him, hey, my application is in, like go, go put in a good word okay. and just have him okay. do the work on his side. Okay. 
Okay. And there's also one of the questions I think is, is there any additional information that you want to share about your application? Yeah. Like, would that be a place where I could say, I know this person who told me about the school and like then talk about the school and that would be like an acceptable. If, if they don't have a why this school question, I think that's a perfectly acceptable place for it. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> have a good day. You too. Bye. All right. Let's keep a rocking and a rolling. We'll bring on Michael Olson, who uh, stood me up. <laughs> Good morning. Why, why'd you stand me up, dude? <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't mean to stand you up. I was really planning on coming. Uh, I had gone down. It was Father's Day that weekend that way. Yep. And I know that I had tickets to go see Top Gun with my dad because he didn't tell me it was kind of a surprise. Um. So I, I'm sorry I chose to go see Miles Teller and uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> with my dad instead of coming to have uh, dinner with you guys. And I want to apologize for that. Yeah, that is, that is, a, that is an acceptable uh, excuse. If, hey, I'll be at the next one, though. So just let me know. Oh, there will never be a next one. Sorry. <laughs> just because I didn't make it? <laughs> Um, so my question is, I want to ask a little bit about, um, early decision, particularly for the university of Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, as you know, I'm a student at Colorado state university, recent graduate. Um, and I've gotten to really know some of the program directors upstairs on the fourth floor of the health network where I work, where they're having the uh, new Fort Collins branch of the medical school. Um, and I love the students up there. I love the idea and the vision of that school. Um, so I was wondering if you had any particular information, particularly in regards to Colorado and early decision. No, I, I don't have any. Uh, I, so for for those watching who don't know, I'm on I'm on faculty at University of Colorado, uh, but I, I have no inside information to the admissions world uh, at University of Colorado. The uh, conversations I've had with their their director of admissions, she's no longer there. It's a, a different person now. So um, yeah, I, I don't have any secrets. Um, so it's it's whatever's on the website. And, and my general advice for early decision in, in terms of typically for the majority of people, the risks outweigh the benefits, and I don't recommend early decision to most people. Um, and so you just have to kind of go in with your eyes open and understand that if you want to apply early decision, then you're putting all of your eggs in one basket, and that that may come back to bite you in the end. Okay, I understand. Um, I love the I love the program up there, so I just wanted to get your two cents on it. And, uh, and you know, I've heard you say that the risks outweigh the benefits. Before, yeah. But, uh, I've been considering it and maybe I'll choose to do that. Maybe I won't. Do you know um, if they have early decision? Uh, I believe they do. Yes. Um, I haven't looked into it particularly on their website or anything. I was planning on applying this cycle and that, uh, that was one of those things that I was going to look into, but I uh, got my MCAT score back and decided to take another year, gain some experience <sighs> and some R and R. Yes. Um, yeah. So for, again, everyone watching, not every school does early decision. So it just depends on, on each school. All right. Well, fingers crossed. Good luck. Go listen to the MCAT Sorry, podcast. Get you. I stood you up. No, that's okay. That's <laughs> right. It was a nice intimate a nice evening. Morning. All right, man. Bye. Thanks. All right. We got lots of people lined up, ready to rock and roll. Do, do, do. 
Looks like that's a no-go. Let's bring on... Hey, how's it going, Dr. Gray? What's up, what's up? Um, I had a quick question about um, the credit hours that are counted by AMCAS. Um, I have about... 117 hours from my university. Okay. But AMCAS put under total hours, like total undergraduate hours, about 88. And it kind of made me a little bit nervous because I know some schools have a rule saying you need like 90 credit hours in order to apply. And yeah. so I was wondering if that was an issue because with like AP credits and with pass fail credits, I'm already well above that but i was wondering if you had any insight regarding regarding that or if that's a problem uh you're gonna have to contact the individual schools that you're applying to to find out um go look at their website first and foremost to see if they answer it there and if they mention anything specifically about 90 credit hours i would reach out to them you have your bachelor's degree already no i don't i'm i'm gonna be getting it next year so i'm like a traditional Okay. Crack applicant. So you have 88 currently, but then you still have more coming. I have 88 graded hours. 88 so graded. I have yeah. more. So it's not going to be a problem because you're still taking classes. So you'll be above 90 no matter what. Okay. Because I, I just figured there's like, I, I just was a little bit anxious that maybe it was like they were only going to see, oh, 88, you know, only 88 graded hours. So we're not going to count the pass fail. We're not going to count the AP. So. I, I wouldn't worry about what they're going to do or what they're not going to do. The fact is that a lot of students still apply, about a third of the students still apply um, traditionally and have lots of um, uh, lots of students applying without their prereqs finished, without the 90 credit hours, knowing that they have another year of classes to take to, to meet all of those requirements. So it's it's fine. Okay. Perfect. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a good day. You too. All right. Let's keep it rocking and a rolling. Hello, hello. I can't believe I'm talking to you right now. You are talking to me and I'm talking to you. What's up? I've been following your podcast, the non-traditional podcast. It's been so nice. <laughs> What's going on? How can I help you? Um... Dr. Gray, I am um, about to be on my fourth attempt to DMCAT. So long story short, it's been a long journey. Applied several times. Um, I don't know. It's just um, one of those things that um, it didn't happen for me. I do work full time and I had to work full time. So there was no way around this at that time. Right now I have some flexibility. So I'm thinking about fully quitting or you know going part time. Um, that's an option. So your thoughts, um, I have never been without work even during undergrad school. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like, I don't know, for the application perspective, if that's okay, you know, putting your uh, priorities in place, um, your thoughts on that. Priorities are everything. You, you have to be intentional about what you're doing or else you won't reach your goals. If your goal is to go to medical school, and one of the biggest obstacles in your path is the MCAT, 
And one of the biggest obstacles to doing well on the MCAT is your full-time work and those responsibilities, then you need to find a way to reduce those responsibilities so that you can focus on the MCAT so you can get into medical school. Of course. Right? It's yeah. all it's all connected. And so I wouldn't worry about how that's going to look on your application of like, why'd you stop working or why'd you stop doing this? You, you <laughs> just, you do what you need to be able to do. Yeah. You figure it out. Yep. So, right. so there are lots of ways to figure it out, right? And so, <laughs> Hot Dog LA is like, I, I wish I could fund her. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe we, maybe we need a GoFundMe um, to to help you through this. the 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 question is, why do you need to work? Do you need to work because you have an apartment? No, at that time, I needed to work because I was an international student. Okay. Um, attached to my visa right now things Perfect. change so not the situation anymore okay do you I, have your green I, card now oh do you have a green card now yeah nice congrats okay <laughs> so right now you don't need to work uh well i do need to pay bills but it's you know like, and I do love my job. That's the thing. Like, I didn't want to leave the job. So I have well, that's not, that's not the question. The job, the, the question isn't, do you like of your course. work? Do you not like your work? The question is, yeah. how do we free up time so that you can do well on the MCAT? And yeah. so if you need to work to pay for a car, sell the car. If you need to work to have an apartment where you live by yourself, go move back in with, with, family or friends or whatever and and reduce your rent as much as possible right make sacrifices unfortunately that's just how the system works in this country um mm-hmm. is you need to make um uh make sacrifices to to prioritize what you need to prioritize mm-hmm. yeah no 100 percent. i'm on the same page as you and um, you know, those are sacrifices that my husband and I are willing to make right now. And just wanted to check really about, you know, how does it look? One more question. Can I ask one more question though? You may. <laughs> Would it be okay? So I'm planning to retake the MCAT in January if everything happens the way I expect to. Okay. Um, would it be okay? Um, what do you think about like applying right late, late deal for the old schools? You still like, no, just wait a little bit longer. I mean, technically you can. Um, I, I think, I, I don't know what the data shows. Unfortunately, that's not good data that, that's available as far as I know in terms of what what are acceptance rates for students who apply that late, um, especially for schools who accept a January MCAT. Not every DO school does. Um, and so my my general stance is don't rush it. Just... Focus on the MCAT and, and focus on that. And then do well on the MCAT, and then you'll have a few months to focus on your applications and get those in. Okay. All right. So I'll do that. All right. Good luck. Let us know how we can help. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Let's keep a rocking. If you guys haven't checked out the pre-mid years from this week, it was a good episode about post-bac programs. Hello, Ethan. Hi. Um, gee, sorry. I didn't think it would get accepted that fast. Um, 
So I have a question. Um, I have some credits from high school uh, that are college credits, and it's yep. impacting my cumulative GPA. Yep. And I was just wondering how the medical schools would see those and if they'd hopefully be understanding about them because they, <laughs> they were the highest grade, so it's bringing down my, my entire CGPA now. Yeah. Do, do you think you're the first high school student to take dual enrollment credit and no. not care about those credits at all? No. no. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. The the only thing you can do is is show a good track record of doing well after that, and it shows your maturity and and everything else after. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Is that thank it? you. Yeah, that was just a quick question. All right. Good luck. Thank you. I appreciate all your work. Yep. All right. So let's keep rocking. Let's go to Jasmine. There's a way to get rid of those. There are not. High school dual enrollment credit are college credits. Hello, Jasmine. How are you? I am I- wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I have a quick question. I am a non-traditional student, and I am trying to figure out about letters of recommendation. Okay. I went to grad school six years ago. Okay. I graduated with my cellular physiology degree, master's. But I don't know how to get letters of recommendation. I'm still in touch with them, yeah. but I teach now. So I'm teaching um, college. Nice. But I'm trying to figure out where do to get letters of recommendation from. Yeah, so it, in your case, you probably won't get standard letters of recommendations. Um, you, you may have to get kind of supervisor, boss, colleague type letters of recommendations. Um, and so reach out to the individual schools. Uh, I, I had this conversation with the chair of admissions at Sam Houston State just a, a month or two ago. Uh, and, and luckily, Sam Houston State, they specifically say, if you've been out of college for a year, like we're okay with these other types of letters. They tell you right up front. Most schools don't have that sort of information on their website. So you have to reach out to them and say, hey, I'm a non-traditional student. I've been out of class for six years. Here's what I'm doing now. Is it okay if I do this letter and this letter and this letter? Okay. Yeah, because that's my biggest concern. Besides MCAT, like the other lady said. But my biggest is trying to get letters of recommendation now. Yeah. Since I'm older and then I have a full-time job. Yeah, most most schools are completely reasonable with getting alternative letters Uh outside of what they quote unquote require on their website um, because they understand that that non-trads aren't going to have the same sort of access to letter writers. And those letters aren't going to be very good anyway because those those people don't know you anymore. Right, so. right. And, and what if I have research from my undergrad though? Because like one of my undergrad papers got published mm-hmm. like within the last two years. Okay. What about it? So I'm wondering if I can still, I guess I could maybe still reach out to her since I have a paper under her. You don't have to. You can if you think that person can write you a strong letter of recommendation. Okay. Well, that answered my question. Thank you. You're welcome. When are you applying? Probably next cycle because I have not taken MCAT and haven't had time to study because I just got promoted in my job. and It's taking a lot. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Adulting. Adulting is getting in the way of uh, applying. Exactly. All right. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. Yep. All right. All right. We've got questions coming. Do, do, do. 
Hello hey, there. I'm good, Ben. How are you? I'm good. Um, so my question revolves around my research. Mm-hmm. So I, I will be a junior um, an undergrad. So, so, I, so your question revolves around research. Research revolves around a question. It's just like it's a giant circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I'm trying to work through. <laughs> Um, sorry, nerd, 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 uh, nerd joke, dad joke. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> no worries. Um, so I'm currently in two research um, labs right now. Okay. One's more of a wet lab and one's more of like a um, like clinical care research lab. Okay. Um, so I deal like with elderly participants. Um, and so that's really good for like one-on-one not patient interaction, but just, I guess, social interaction. Why isn't um, it patient interaction? Well, I don't know. I just kind of feel bad that they voluntarily come and you classify them as patients, I guess. I, don't I mean, <laughs> patients voluntarily come to have preventive checkups. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> They're still that's patients. True. That's true. Um. So I guess my, my, my real question is I don't feel like I'm making like giant leaps in my research labs. And I understand that those types of things may like, uh, take years. <laughs> you mean, you mean um, you're frustrated you're not curing cancer yet? Right. Well, no, not exactly. But like, <laughs> I just feel like I'm, um, going to struggle with like providing, um, either the evidence or like the, the path that it my research labs took for it to be interesting to like a, a committee when I apply. Yeah. So I, I want you to just completely, completely, completely ignore that line of thinking. Okay. You're basically trying to set that up. And so my assumption is you're, you're setting up everything else you're doing uh, activity wise into how is this going to look good to admissions committees? Yeah, you're exactly right. The goal is to, do what you want to be doing, enjoy yourself, and then tell the admissions committees how those things impacted you. Okay, so I feel like I enjoy them a lot. Good. Uh, so maybe I got maybe I got lucky. That's awesome. But, um, so if you enjoy them a lot, that means you have probably a lot to say about them. Not necessarily from the standpoint of, look at this, we were able to get to this conclusion and create this new medication, cure cancer, whatever. The end result is not the goal of this process. Okay. Right? At least for medical school admissions. Obviously, research, the goal is to have an endpoint to go, this worked, this didn't work. But for you and your application, that's not the point. Okay. That makes sense. I have one more question if you have time. Sure. So I ended my um, my freshman year um, here. Oh, I, I heard from everybody that you don't want to screw up first year. So I really tried just like do not screw up first year. Just I'd like, rather you screw up first year than, than senior year. Well, so that's kind of why I'm asking. <laughs> so I, I ended um, almost perfect uh, my freshman year Okay. Uh, on paper wise and my second year, I uh, my first semester, which would be last year, my first semester was around like a three seven eight, um, okay. and my second semester was like a three eight 
nine or three eight five or something like that. Okay. And I'm just worried. It's not a it's not a bad dip, but I know like your biggest theme like on your uh, pre med years podcast is like linear trends. Yeah, and so, uh, Up, uh, upward trends. Yeah. So right, yeah, I mean, g- going from a four zero to a three zero uh, to a three eight is not a downward trend. That's just okay. called not being perfect. Yeah, trying to be perfect. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Seems like that's what it takes. So yeah, the the only time uh, that upward trends come into play is if your cumulative and and science GPA kind of total is mm-hmm. lower than what we would hope, right? So if you're sitting at like a 3-2 cumulative GPA, I want to peek behind the curtains and go, what's going on here? And I want to see that upward trend, right? But if if you have a 4.0, 3.9, 3.8, 3.85, 3.7, like, and, and your final number is, is like a 3.9, I don't care. Right. That's okay. fine. So in terms of credit limit, um, like I, I know you say never compared to like other pre-med students, but like I hear these people, it's like, Hey, I have two jobs. I'm taking 21 credits. And like, I'm like, I'm over here. Like I I was a little bit ahead through high school from taking some college classes. And so I don't really have to take more than 14 or 15 credits. Like, does that look too light of a load I mean, or did med schools not see that or does that not really matter it's fine just... oh med-, med schools see it that's fine 14 okay. 15 credits is is considered full-time that's fine okay all right well i just want to make sure thank you very much i think yeah. that answers all questions you're welcome good luck thanks have a good day yep so uh, I think we officially have to induct Ben into the OPC, the Overthinking Pre-Med Club. Uh, shirts, shirts are coming. <laughs> we, need, we need to get on those shirts. Um, the, the OPC. I, I'm the founding member. Uh, I'm not only the president, I am also a member. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Dr. Greg. Back again. How are you? Ryan, 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 Ryan. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. All right. How are you? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> um, all right. So you know me. I got some questions. Um, okay. So quick one. Just the time period for the COVID-19 pandemic. Every school has got one. What would you kind of say the time period is for that? Because some people would say, you know, it's over. Some people say we're still in it. Some would say it's like September of 2021. So what would you kind of define the time period for the COVID-19 pandemic as? I don't know. <laughs> uh, who cares? What What's the question? Why are you asking the question? Well, because, you know, every school has like a, you know, COVID-19 question. It's like, what did you do during the COVID-19 pandemic? How did it affect you? I'm like, well, I'm kind of wondering what's the time span. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't put any thought into oh, I wonder what the time span is that they're looking for. Okay. Right. I, I, I would say for that question, we're still in it. OK, sure. All right, cool. Um, and so I guess one thing it's, I know we talked about this before for the secondaries, obviously there's stuff that you include in the primary. You don't want to bring it up again, in the secondaries, but is it, is it okay to talk about stuff if you're shining a different light on it, kind yes. of giving different details? Definitely. Okay. All right, cool. And then, um, that sounds a little, a little niche. Some schools, a specific school that has, um, some essays that say like, you know, give a chronological list of you know, volunteer experience, shadowing your yeah. research, yeah. or maybe um, Miami. Are we, we talking about Miami? 
Yeah, I'm talking about Miami, yeah. <laughs> Freaking um, Miami, man. Everyone complains about Miami secondary. Miami, what are you doing? It's called the primary application. Look at it. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Um, so I'm wondering, <laughs> do I have to like include stories? Because there it's a five hundred word, you know, I mean the prompts are five hundred words, the longest ones that I've seen. I, do I, I include essay stories or do I just give them what they're asking for and like leave it at that? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I haven't, yeah. I haven't looked specifically at, at the prompt and exactly what it says. If it just says list, then I would list without any big stories okay. or anything. Okay, sweet. That, that helps. That helps. Yeah. Um, all right. And then my last question, I'll try and make it quick. Um, so obviously some schools don't have like an extra info or like a why us essay. Yep. If I have like, you know, some pretty strong out of state ties that I want to include that I like want them to know about and then I'm really asking in the secondary. Yep. What would you, would you have any ideas of how to incorporate that? Cause I don't want to like, like if they're asking about like COVID, I don't want to like stretch it and like, oh, you know, also this, (laughs) if it's not even really, I want them to know because it's important, but I don't want to like not include it where it's not. So, so you want them to know, but they don't want to know. If they're not asking, they don't want to know. Okay. All right. That's that's right. how you should look at that. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. All right. Sweet. Well, quick and easy to answer all my questions. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Have a good rest of the day. You too. See ya. All right. Uh, if you have a question, request to join live with me. Um, there are no requests right now. So if you request, I'll bring you on. It's like a guaranteed win. I know a lot of you are sitting there going, well, I may request, but there's probably like 20 people already ahead of me, so I'm not going to push the button. So, uh, yeah, push the button. And then someone pushed the button and then declined. (laughs) Oh, well. Um, We can end a little bit early. That is okay. I'm typically here. Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern. I'm joined by the rest of my mapped team Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern um, on YouTube. And then I I try to set up my phone so we can stream here as well. Um, All right. Well, I'll give it uh, 10 more seconds if you want to come ask a question, request to join live. If not, I will uh, bid farewell today. All right. We got someone just in the nick of time. Are you down with the OPC? Yeah, you know me. I knew it. I knew it. Yep. Definitely OPC over here. This is a very basic question. Um, Kind of one of those, this clinical or that clinical. (laughs) Um, So right now I'm an interpreter at a free clinic. um, And thank you for not saying translator. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's one of your pet peeves. <laughs> um, so I really, I love it. I enjoy it. Um, and I just finished my EMT um, class and I had to take that test. Mm-hmm. And so once I do that, I can also do patient intake at the clinic. Um, and I'm considering doing that just because it's more like hands-on versus yeah. interpreting. It's awesome. But I really do. And I mean, obviously with the EMT, I do plan on getting a, a job in the field once I'm transitioning out of this job I'm in. Okay. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Patient intake versus interpreter? Does it make a difference? Uh, 
I think you should do what you're going to enjoy the most. If you're planning on leaving this job anyway at some point to go do something else, then I wouldn't worry about kind of big picture in, interpreter is less than intake. And so I should go switch to intake for three months before I leave my job and go be an EMT. I think, um, I think if you love what you're doing now as an interpreter, keep doing that. I think, I think that's, it's clinical experience. I wouldn't say it's better than or worse than you may be completely bored out of your mind doing intake stuff. And you put that on your application and how you write about it and how you talk about it in interviews shows that you didn't really care about it because you were just doing it because you thought it was better than being an interpreter. True, true. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, and can I do a follow-up question? Sure. Um, so I feel like sometimes I, well, so I don't have any shadowing besides e-shadowing. Okay. Um, and I know I need to work on that. I just, my work schedule right now doesn't um, really you, work. You work at a clinic. Oh. Why don't you just like hang out and, and shadow? Well, well, so I don't work. That's my volunteering. It's only like four hours a month. Sorry. It's not a you volunteer month. at a clinic. Why don't you just volunteer <laughs> as a non-interpreter and just hang out and say, hey, do you mind if I just hang out outside of my interpreting and just watch? Yeah. Well, so that's kind of what I was – I kind of do that anyway, like during our downtime. and that type Yeah, of thing. that's I called shadowing. the doctors a lot. Okay. So is it okay to like split yeah. up my time? Heck okay. yeah. <laughs> OPC, sorry. Yeah. If, if, you're not, if you're not actively working as an interpreter – and you're like, hey, in my downtime, I'm just hanging out and watching. That's shadowing, even though it's the same place where you interpret. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Cool. Well, that's all. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Have a good day. You yeah. You too. Bye. All right. Uh, nobody in the queue to come on live. She is down with the OPC. <sighs> going once, going twice. If you want to request to join live, I got a couple minutes. This is how we do it on our Fridays. Bring you on, ask questions, and then we say goodbye. All right, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, I will see you next week, I think. I think. I don't know what my schedule looks like. But yeah, I'll be here next week. I'm pretty sure. Have a wonderful week, a wonderful weekend, and I will see you later. Goodbye. All right, there you have it. Again, Instagram Live Q&A. We are working hard behind the scenes here at Mapped and MedEd Media to improve our workflows so that we have more great content coming to you all the time. Just yesterday, I recorded six hours straight of Ask Dr. Gray videos, uh, which the videos were corrupt somehow, but we still got the audio. We're still going to put out, um, and we're still going to make the YouTube video. So we're, we're constantly making content. That's what I spend most of my time doing is making free stuff for all of you. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you I don't really care if you appreciate it. I hope you enjoy it. That's what I care about. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.